our first guest of the entire series. Please welcome to the show, Christopher Bartlett-Wolford. Howdy, howdy, howdy. I nearly threw my phone out the bloody window. The majority of us were all cacking our pants, and she just did. I don't think I've ever had an audition that's involved some kind of bodily fluids. You've got to lose the farting gimmick. Right then, folks, what'll it be? Oh, what are you drinking? Go on. Okay, so I'm not drinking alcohol because I'm a tiny bit hungover. (laughs) Ah, Of course, yeah, you've been doing it. Well, you've been on it last two nights, haven't you? Uh, No, only the last night I've I've been on it. Um, I was supposed to do something on Friday, but I wasn't feeling well. (gasps) Not, no, 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 not, not. God. Not the Rona. <laughs> not not that. No, it was just, just general like run downedness from my job job. And then last night we had a virtual pub crawl, which was a lot of fun. Ooh. And the thing is, like, because it was such a fun night, more alcohol got consumed than perhaps was planned. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure one of our party was close to falling asleep on camera, or at least she looked like That's she was. That's funny. Um, And yeah, I woke up this morning and I thought, well, my intention was to leave maybe one or two beers for today, uh, but that didn't happen. And then I somehow got more beers and they haven't been left. Oh my God, it actually sounds like a night out. Fucking hell. It was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah. That that explains why I am not on the alcohol today. I am on the soft drink. I am on Coke Zero Vanilla Flavour. Pushing the boat out. Bougie. Well, I've got the Copperberg strawberry and lime. She's she's going up in the world. I'm telling you. <laughs> What's the the most hungover you've ever felt? I think nothing tops my first hangover, which was when it was on my 18th <laughs> birthday, which involved me throwing up outside Portsmouth Guildhall, uh, being kicked out of a Weatherspoons, which is a bit embarrassing. And turned out I was barred from that Weatherspoons because I'd been sick in the toilets. And I felt awful the next morning. And I was... I... Oh, God. I, I felt absolutely terrible. I felt like my head was about to explode. It's like... It was like my brain was trying to escape from its skull. And I... I'd been trying to throw up, but I'd had nothing left to throw up. And... I'd strained myself so much from retching (laughs) that I burst a blood vessel in my eye. And I. Fuck off! I had had like a red splodge in my eyeball Um, for like a week or so afterwards. It was fine, nothing bad or anything, but. I I mean, to be honest, that's, that's pretty. PG compared to what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say something like I'd strained so much I I got a hemorrhoid. <laughs> <laughs> but that nonetheless, I mean, you had the the scar. What about you? As someone who's recently graduated from university, there must be some hangover horror stories for you. They're not necessarily hangovers because we always have this discussion in the morning like the morning after. And I've normally made a complete tit of myself the night previous. And it's like, God, how are you feeling? And I'm like, actually, I'm fresh as a daisy. <laughs> oh, no, you're one of them. Yeah, what a bitch. Um, I don't normally feel it the day after. 
there has been maybe one, two occasions, and I don't know whether it's because I've got such beer fear and I can't remember, like, is it insomnia? No, that's when you can't sleep, isn't it? What's it called when you forget? Amnesia. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got such sort of amnesia of not remembering what happened or it being so patchy that I'm like, fuck, what did I do? Have you ever seen those pictures of me and my friend in a, like, double-headed jumper and we're wearing a, it's like a pumpkin? No, I feel like these pictures need to be shared and they'll be up on our <laughs> social media accounts too. Don't worry, listeners. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> so, basically, we, we'd, like, kept it a secret what we were going to wear because we'd found this, this jumper that you we were, like, connected to each other. It had two neck holes. And obviously just the two arms. So you were like stood next to each other in this huge jumper that looked like a pumpkin. It was at uni. It was like a, it was a house Halloween party. And our other best friend whose party it was. Oh, I, I can't remember what time we started drinking. It must have been about half five. It, we bought a bottle of pink gin um, when it was first in fashion. <laughs> and we had drunk the whole bottle of pink gin before we even got to the party. Oh, wow. Yeah. We got to the party. By that time, I had... I, we'd come down the stairs. She sort of, like, got out of the jumper for us to go down the stairs. I think she needed her phone charge or something. So I've gone down the stairs, and then they had steps from the front of their house down to, like, the the road, the pavement where we were picking up the taxi from. So the taxi's there. Anyway, I stood at the top of these steps and just cascaded down them like an elegant gazelle on her head um, <laughs> and and landed at the bottom in a heap just on the pavement flat on my fucking face oh my God. and the taxi driver door literally came out over the top of me and he was like are you okay <laughs> i was like yes absolutely fine <laughs> up i got got in the taxi he was going to stop for us to get more drink. In fact, he did stop for us to get more drink. And, and that just was not a sensible idea. I couldn't even function enough to tell her what I wanted to drink. And then I think I did throw up in the taxi. Oh, no. <laughs> and he was like, has she been sick? <laughs> and my friend was like, no, no, everything's fine. She was she was just, uh, just making a noise. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> We got to the party and I then so, sat... So, did you get away with that? Did you get away with throwing up in the taxi? Yeah. Yeah, I honestly, I have no idea how we wrangled that. Not a clue. She, she's a convincing gal. Um, <laughs> so, we got to the party and they had a downstairs loo. And I literally just... We stood at the door. I could barely even look at my mate because I couldn't see. Um... And she was like, where have you been? I was like, don't know, can't use words. <laughs> I've been sat on the um, on the downstairs loo with my pants round my knees. Delightful, classy girl. Um, my skirt up round my waist, being sick between my legs. That is actually gross and, and so embarrassing. The fucking cuts and bruises. I even had a bruise on my face where I slid off my bed into that mirror there and whacked my face like literally just sat on the edge of the bed and was like timber into the wall um and my legs were just cut to ribbons where i i'd uh flown down those stairs what a mess to get into and another time we went over to a like a mini music festival 
yeah, I got absolutely slaughtered. And that was like with Liam's parents and all their friends as well. And a couple of our mates had come along as well. And we sat in the taxi on the way home from said location. Um, and I, I was like, oh, I'm going to spew. I'd sat in the middle as well. <laughs> and I was like trying to clamp my hands as closely to my mouth as possible to stop it coming out and thought, oh I'm just going to have to swallow it. Oh. held it so tightly to my face and then spew just shot out of the side of my hands onto Liam and our friend. Oh, my God. I felt awful. I'm quite good at the being sick thing, though, because I don't really make... I don't actually make any noise. So I just open my mouth and it comes out. So it's kind of a secret until someone finds it in their guttering or whatever. Um, or their taxi. Or their taxi. I think stairs can be a problem when drunk. Um, I remember this is the last time I ever went to a nightclub. I remember as we were leaving, because it's the pop world in Portsmouth and you've got to go up several flights of stairs to get there. Mm. And as we were leaving, there was this girl uh, like ahead of us being kind of like carried slash dragged by two men either side of her, like down the stairs. Her feet are just kind of... Uh, Her feet aren't really touching the ground. They're kind of brushing against the stairs as she's hanging. (laughs) And then suddenly she stops and just full exorcist all over the the stairs. And we're all going down and just like, whoa, and we just stop. And then we go back and then uh, the staff say, oh, we can go out via the back way. Now, I don't remember this bit, but I've been told by the friend I fell into, this is what happened. Um, as we were going down the stairs um, in the on the ba- uh, out the back way, uh, apparently I just fell. Uh, my legs decided, nope, you're done, and I just <laughs> fell straight down the stairs. I'm pretty sure I knocked into my friend, and then I just got up and was fine, and just walked to, and as if it never happened. <laughs> Love it. That's that's quite a talent. My friend Leo did say to me when it happened, he thought, "Oh fuck, has Dave just died?" Oh no, okay, he's fine. I'm not going to lie, the amount you put away, I'm not surprised you don't need your stomach pumped. <laughs> David, I mean, how tall are you? Six foot? 5'11"? 5'11". 5'11". Oh, he's a modest one. Um, <laughs> on the few occasions we've been able to get drunk together, not via Zoom, um, mm. you you put away like nine, ten points. It's not even as though he swaps over to a spirit for a nightcap. He's just, no, here we go. Bloated o'clock. <laughs> I think it's because the moments of actually going out and getting drunk are so rare. This will happen to you when you're in your late 20s, knocking <laughs> on 30s door. Ooh, um, twilight years. <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> I was born in the 90s, just like you. Thank yeah, you very I know, much. I'm only winding you up. But I found, especially after uni... Because I wasn't going out and drinking as much as when I was at uni, the times I did go out and drink, my tolerance for alcohol had just evaporated and <laughs> I would feel a lot worse, a lot quicker. Or I'd trick myself into thinking, I'm all right. I've remembered how I got home. That means I'm going to be fine in the morning. And I wake <laughs> up and my mouth feels like the floor of a weather spoon. So I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Oh, gross. I remember at uni, I could, like, put, like, drink loads on a night out, stay up till the union closed at, like, two o'clock, and then go back to someone's flat where everyone would have, like, more drinks and 
probably cook fish fingers. I don't know why it was always fish fingers. And we had fish Ooh, finger sandwiches. Look at you! That was well civilized. We used to go to um, city. I can't think what it was called. Basically, it just sold kebabs and fish and chips. I think, but we always used to end up with in there. I think because there was no kebab shop between um, the union and where our flat was. I didn't. I never lived in halls. I commuted for my first year. And then for my second and third year, I lived in a flat next to the student halls. So like just a few roads away. So it was oh, a, right. So you, know, so you getting, were well close. I know. It's fantastic. That is so good. I mean, I didn't mind commuting in first year. It just made it difficult for like nights out. I'd always have to crash on someone's floor. But I had about mm. three or four different people I knew who were always willing to, to put me up if need be. Yeah. Which was always fun. I suppose you were like... You probably made friends outside the course as well, didn't you? Because you did two courses, didn't you? Didn't you do combined? Oh, yeah, I did drama and media. Two Mickey Mouse degrees for the price of one. Ha <laughs> ha! I'll always make that joke. I've not come across anyone that sort of said that about drama. I remember in media studies, like the first lecture um, was just about why, why are we, why are you studying media? That was pretty much the first lecture, just asking the question, why? The answer given was kind of, mm. <laughs> I thought this is going to be a good course. Yeah. One of our first lectures was, um, the, if you say, what's the definition of good or bad theatre to anybody in my year group, I think they'd just like roll their eyes because we had a lecture long um, discussion about what made theatre good or bad do you mean in terms of like what makes a show good or a bad show or just theatre in general exactly everyone was like what do you mean good or bad there's there's so many different perspectives it was just one of those like there is no cut and dried answer to this why are you making us spend three hours trying to pick it apart yeah but i don't know i feel i'm a better person for it well can you answer the question what makes theatre good or indeed what makes theatre bad I think it's I think it's subjective because some people will feel like it has to be entertaining in order for it to be good. That's the purpose of it. Others, depending on what they're going to the theatre for or seeing the show for, maybe the political spin on it or the bigger picture message that it gives. You said about, you know, theatre being entertaining and stuff like that. That was always kind of one of our primary goals when doing drama or putting on performances the question we'd always, you know, ask ourselves, is this entertaining? Mm. Is it entertaining in any way? Um, because it's kind of like if it's not, if you don't get some enjoyment out of it or some kind of entertainment value out of it, what's the point? And I think that we clashed a few times with certain lecturers, particularly mm. with our final year performance. We got great reactions from the audience. They absolutely loved it. But we didn't get as high a mark as we thought because they didn't because the lecturers weren't keen on the text we'd chosen or something and it was like maybe you could have been a bit more ooh um, out the box yeah kind of like that and we were like but that wasn't our aim I mean we (laughs) I think after we got all our grades um one of our groups said we probably would have gotten a first if we'd have just had our lead actor on stage saying nothing and we all just walked around reading from the script. We could have just done that and we probably would have gotten a first because they'd be like, ooh, what does, it, what does it mean? And I was like, that sounds so wanky. <laughs> Another one for you, sir. 
Hi everyone, David here. So this was the part of the podcast where I introduced not only our special guest for this episode, but our first guest of the entire series. And let me tell you, I pulled out all the stops for this introduction. There was a whole song and dance routine with fireworks, a marching band and an angelic choir of military wives. Unfortunately, when it came to editing this episode, I found that my audio was corrupted. Bugger. But the introduction isn't what's important. What's important is the man himself. And that is our fantastic guest, Christopher Bartlett-Wolford. He's a writer, an agent, a singer, and also the host of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, a comedy podcast looking at when auditions and castings don't quite go to plan. And that fits in very nicely with our theme for this week's episode, which is looking at auditions and the changing landscape of auditioning during these very confusing and uncertain times. Trust me, this is one you are not going to want to miss. Anyway, enough of me waffling on. Let's go right into our conversation with Christopher. Back to the show. Please welcome to the show, Christopher Bartlett-Wolford. Hello, Christopher. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. (laughs) I'm fine. All right, stop asking. I'm fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) What are you drinking, good sir? Um, I've tried not to drink so much, and I'm not a huge drinker. But you asked once, so I dutifully obliged. <laughs> um, uh, Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels, and Coke. And for those wondering, yes, home measures were uh, appropriate. <laughs> half and half. <laughs> this, this some Coke in there. I don't know how much. A shot, 25 mil will do. It's the dregs of a bottle that I sniffed clean (laughs) and then rehydrated just so that I could feel part of it. And as a backup, I've got a hard seltzer because I'm a grown-up who mixes his drinks. A hard seltzer? Explain, what is a seltzer? I only know... See, this is why why I bought it, because I don't know. Um, Ah. See, that's how that's how confident I am with what it was. That was how long the pause was when you asked me to explain. Spirit? Yeah, well, yeah, but it doesn't specify which one, though, Scarlet. <laughs> um, it's fizzy water with booze in it. Ooh. Sounds like a sophisticated Alka-Pop. Yeah, but we all know what happens after you've had five sophisticated Alka-Pops. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the floor, the same sound, it's fine. <laughs> so that's the backup anyway. Well, it's been, it's just been a year, hasn't it? Technically, it has been a year. Mm. Everyone seems to think that, well, everyone thought this would all be over by summer. And then it's like, it'll all be over by Christmas. Which Christmas? Yeah, exactly. I didn't say which year. <laughs> 2027. I always, I've always stayed realistic about it. I will say that it was very clear as soon as they closed, you know, obviously to talk about what we know, as soon mm. as theatres closed, mm. it wasn't going to be come back as soon as you can especially when you know so many of them live on or like they they just keep their heads above water with the profits they make oh yeah I, you know i don't even mean the product don't even mean the production side of it if you're not letting people into sports grounds and you're not letting people into theaters and and you know forget about pubs and restaurants mm. and stuff if if the entertainment stuff is gone it's going to take a long time to get to it. Like, it must have been serious enough to do that. So I've always thought, you know, as soon as that happened, and from our industry, it's going to be a while, but... Yeah. How long do you reckon it will be before people can actually oh, start going back into the 
audition room or if that'll ever happen again it is happening but it's happening so infrequently i and to be honest with you david i don't particularly want it to happen the same i think what this has done is forced everyone's hands to prove that actually you can make it much more accessible for a lot more people mm-hmm. you don't have to have somebody traveling from yorkshire down to london to do a verse and a chorus and then have to wait the entire day to go back because the train's too expensive to go home yeah it's it the economy of auditions has changed it's convenient for both parties as well isn't oh it? god i'm not i'm not talking it's just in favor of the performer like certain certain things don't need to be done in person anymore a first round can easily be a self-tape and actually that means you can probably allow more people to self-tape for you as well mm. yeah. because you don't you aren't limited to you know 40 a day if you have to see them every 50 you know i think it's going to help a lot more people be seen and and you know digitally get into the room as it were it you know it's going to be a, a, a bit more work for everyone but it means that you don't ha- you know if there's people that are living overseas but are clearly going to be there for the production if it's there that's fine whereas if they're overseas for a couple of months come back to see family and you know a, a call comes out for a, a national tour that's auditioning next week they aren't con- you know they might want to come back if they can but they they can tape a song and i think it's opened people's eyes to be able to to allow that and self-tape self-tape didn't exist when i graduated you know there, there was a there was a time when i was about five six months out of college and i was out on tour with something and i was up in somewhere hull or north i remember it one of the northern <laughs> dates mm. and i got asked to be I, I was going to be recalled for a certain show that had a certain type of week-long uh, training and then an audition at the end of it I couldn't do it because I couldn't come back and forth but actually mm. if I could have done it digitally and learned what I needed to over a set period of time and then done the one audition that could have been done and you know little things like that are, are useful and if it's a case of not being able to go to a recall where you've got to do material because you can't physically get there and back to the job you've got to do it's okay to pop it on tape mm. you know Stop putting people off because I like sort of job advertisements that say expenses paid. They're going to write off so many people just because they think, well, I don't want to pay for the expenses for you to get here and back. (laughs) Well, I mean, I when I graduated, I lived in I went off on tour for a little bit and then moved back to Cardiff because I didn't have a flat anymore in London. I didn't need it. Mm. So I used to come up and down from Cardiff and I I remember getting an audition through at 7.30 the night before which meant I had to get on a 5am bus just to get up because the train from Cardiff to London at that time is prohibitively expensive. And even then, when I left for like five or six hours before, the bus broke down, I ended up being late for an audition and that casting director never saw me again because I was late. But I wasn't late. It wasn't my fault I was left mm. enough time to get there and have a coffee and go to the gym and, and that. I never went to the gym. Uh, it was uh, those kind of things. They can be avoided just by going, OK, well, you don't live in London for now. I don't need you to come up to London to sing me a mm. verse and a chorus to prove that you can hit a high high B or whatever it is. Mm. So I don't know. I, 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 I think, you know, or technically auditions can still happen. But in the commercial sector, it's it's been nice that at least the first round of things can be a quick self-tape. I like that. Also, surely that helps because you're seeing people on screen. You're only taping them in the room anyway. I found, like, the last audition I had up in London, the problem, because I also work an office job, I I always feel like if I have an audition in London, I've got to take the entire day off because I've got to get up, usually at the arse crack of dawn, get an early train uh, from where I live into London. That takes about an hour. Then get several tubes into the specific part of London I've got to get to and then I'll usually give myself at least like an hour's leeway because I know the trains are shit and they're going to be delayed 
you, it's probably like takes two, maybe three hours to get to where you need to go. You turn up, go into the room, five minutes later out you come and you start the three hour journey back. And it's like, yeah, oh, that's a day's, you know, work that I've had to take off. That's an annual day of annual leave that yeah. I can't get back. And it's for like that's what I mean. five minutes in a room, if, if that. Or if you if you could have done a quick self-tape for them, mm. they still would have had the mm. same amount of time with you. You could have taped it whenever you had a, a little bit of spare time. Yeah. Even more insulting if you don't get a, no, you didn't get the job. Made that extra effort and it could have been yeah. so much easier. Yeah. But you're not allowed to tell them you've made all that effort, have you? you know? <laughs> they so, don't give yeah. a shit. If you want the job badly enough, <laughs> then you'll make that effort. But at the same time, that can't, that just can't be the attitude anymore. Mm. That can't be the attitude anymore. Everyone has lost everything. Yeah. Mm. So everyone should be back on square one. Don't guilt trip actors into saying, if you want this, you'll do this, this, this. There was a story on our, our show uh, last week with Jess Robinson, or the last episode that, that as we record this, went out, mm. about an actor like saying that they were feeling really unwell in this really hot room. And pretty much the, the guy who was leading this particular workshop, which was in regards to an accent and dialect, said, if you feel unwell, you'll carry on going, because if you want this job enough, you'll just st- suck it up. So what <laughs> happened? They collapsed. Projectile vomited, and it covered the person who told them that. So instant karma was achieved. Oh, my God. It is instant karma and a bit of cornflakes, but it's all right. So it's... <laughs> We've spoken about, before you came on, Christopher, we'd spoken a lot about vomit because we are talking about hangover stories. Yeah, it seems to be yeah. a recurring theme. I had an audition, and... Um... There was it was a huge group of people. It was for higher education. You had to have a contemporary piece and uh, either Shakespearean or Greek theatre monologue. Um, and then it was like prepare both. And once you got there, they were like, right, just choose whatever one you want to do and, and get up there. I, I um, hate that. Yeah. Already they've given you a choice, making you prepare both, and they go, oh, just just, yeah. do, just do wasted it. your fucking time. You want? Yeah. <laughs> I know, talk about, I mean, and you're paying to go to those as well already before you've even got don't, there. Don't even start me on that. Oh, don't. Sorry, carry on. Know, you've got me ran, ranty already. Um, Jack's taking effect. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but there was this girl and she was, she was so nervous. She'd already sort of said in brief conversation about how, I think, how old would I have been when I did that? I don't think I was even 18. I think I was 17. And she was 23. Um, and she said, I've been auditioning for years. She was like, but they say that you never get in on your first go and you're lucky if it's your fourth sort of thing. So um, there's me like, well, I'm out, but there we are. <laughs> I'll get a bit of go. Um, and she was so nervous. And I was kind of like, maybe I should be more nervous. This is my first go. This is her like fifth. Um, she She sort of, because it was... They just wanted it to flow. As somebody sat down, someone else should stand up and take their place and, and start reciting whichever monologue they'd chosen. And um, as she stood up and has sort of like walked forwards and then walked back and then held the trouser of her bottoms. And they were like, are you going to go? And, and she was like, oh, yes, of course, sorry. And then walked forwards, sort of took centre stage <laughs> and then blew off. <laughs> and I, I just, I mean, I don't know whether she needed to go to the toilet, and that was why the hesitation to sit back down again. And then, she, I mean, fair play to the girl. She just started hysterically laughing and was like, 
my God, I'm so sorry. She was like, whoops a daisy. <laughs> Pardon me, it doesn't smell though. Right, off I go and just went for it. And she was fucking amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, like, <laughs> wherever you be, let your wind go free. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear yeah, me that's i mean so. nerves and nerves and she did that on her fourth time third time second time and first time so that... <laughs> you've got to lose the farting gimmick sandra you've got to lose it it's not gonna work for you it wasn't funny the first time <laughs> <laughs> the thing is though you'd remember her well i did like look at me i that, yeah. that's that's something i'll take with me did she get in do you know I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you if she got in. I'd, we didn't stay in contact. In fact, I think her name was Abby, and that's all I remember. But not that we went into detail about where we were from and yada yada. Like I say, I think the majority of us were all cacking our pants. So, and she just did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope she didn't. She might have shook it out the leg of her drawers. Wow. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear me. I don't think I've ever had an audition that's involved some kind of bodily fluid i think generally though you do do it on your own besides sitting outside the room with a collective of people probably university and drama school there's been so many stories so many stories sent into us that would say to both of you it really happens a lot (laughs) (laughs) we we have what i love about our (laughs) listeners is how honest they are when we started the show, I thought we'd have people sending in like, oh, my voice cracked and I was embarrassed. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> There's things that I wouldn't have ever imagined having been like dreamt of in my worst mm. nightmares. And they are superb. <laughs> it's just... Would you say it's taken the shine off of auditions for you? <laughs> Are oh, like, I, I mean, I, now. as working as more of an agent these days, I love it. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, it the whole point of our show is we want to share those experiences so that it normalizes them for people who've maybe been holding on to them for years and years and, years, and really people have been holding on to them for a long time. Mm. And remind everyone, it's absolutely fine <laughs> for things yeah. to, to quote unquote go wrong. Uh, yeah. Not that there's necessarily a wrong. It's, mm. It's fine because everyone, and I mean everyone, every level of their career has had one of those moments or several of those moments. <laughs> so just normalise the times when something didn't go to plan. And often it's not even the performer that it didn't go to plan for. And I think that's that's important to remember as well. Both sides of the table, it can go awry and um, end up with blaming a terrible smelly poo in the toilets on a very nice person who's walked out just before you. So it's fine. <laughs> Oh, oh that Just do is... a curtsy flush. Yeah. <laughs> so this is obviously um, relating to your podcast, Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, available on all streaming services. Yes. Um, we've been listening, we've been making our way through the back catalogue of episodes and some of the stories in there are just... I think at one point I was listening whilst at work and I nearly <laughs> I nearly spat my drink on my laptop yeah. in one of the stories. And I was just like, that's just absolutely brilliant. Anyone who doesn't know, every every story that I share with our guest has been submitted by someone who listens to the show, her, who might be a performer, a casting director, a producer, a writer, anyone who's ever been in an audition room. So they're all true. We just anonymise them and don't let anyone know what production it was for unless it's integral to the plot and change names where we need to. So no one will be identified and there's no 
you know, underlying regret or shame or anything like that. And it's, but it is really unbelievable. So thank, thanks, guys. I, I hope you enjoy it. I really do. It's been a lot of fun. And like one thing I always found with auditions, you put in so much in terms of nerves mm. and anticipation towards it. Like I yeah. remember when my uh, then agent got me my first London audition. This is the first time I was going up to London to audition for something. It was like a children's theatre uh, old lady that swallowed a fly or lived in a shoe. All right. One of those now, ones. see, this, these, first of all, there's two things. Already, I can't wait for this. One, you said my then agent, which always, <laughs> always kicks off a story brilliantly. All right. And number two, children's theatre. And I say that from being someone who professionally writes and directs and casts children's theatre so bring it on David I can't wait I mean who shat themselves <laughs> um I did when I, when my then agent called me up and said that's the audition um they'd gotten for me I did think okay that's not really what I had in mind when we first met but I was like hey it's a but beggars can't be choosers exactly yeah and I was like it's a nationwide tour and it's gonna be you know a big company or what have you i was auditioning to play the old woman who swallowed a fly lived in a shoe or whatever you've got the hair um, for it and the breasts <laughs> we've all we've all got the breasts scarlet don't worry about it it's been a long nine months <laughs> it, it's kind of made me wish that i'd that your podcast had been around for me to listen to back then because i put so much pressure on myself because it was a london yeah. <clears throat> audition even though it's i when I got there, it was above some abandoned or closed down bar. In this is it. And I was you're, expecting... you're, you're literally playing audition podcast bingo here. Yeah. This is genius. Because <laughs> I expected London. I'm going to walk right into the West End, go on one of the big stages, like going to the National or something. That was what... Bring it on. <laughs> keep, keep that. You're feeding me. I love it. <laughs> that was just the assumption. And then I was trying to find this place and I was looking around going, it's not there is it because that looks like somewhere i could get stabbed not sing a nursery rhyme but turns out that was the place and it had boarded up windows and everything and i was like am i gonna die i'm really quite nervous about this but it turns out that was where the audition was and i had to prepare a nursery rhyme um and then a bit of mime about a woman chasing a fly (laughs) 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 oh this this is this is perfect I love it. When I say it out loud, it sounds like someone was, you know, taking the piss a bit here. But this, this is what happened. No. <laughs> so I, I had to sing a nursery rhyme. So I thought I'll sing Old MacDonald. But I wanted to make it memorable. So. Oh, God. What animals did you choose? I chose, I think, chicken to start with. Classic. And then the next verse I did cow. And I thought. All right. I'll mix. Did you mimic said animals? Obviously. And I thought... Was that your mime? Was it... <laughs> I did a little bit of milking on stage. Um, it was it was that kind of pub. Okay. <laughs> and then for the third animal, I thought, let's go... Let's mix things up. I decided to go with camel. Come on. <laughs> because I thought, let's be memorable. Um, and I did camel and... The noise, and I, you know, I played it as if I'd just come up with it on the spot. I'm going, oh god, what noises do I make? So I just, uh, I was like, um... spat, spat in the panel's face. <laughs> yeah. Spit at the casting director. I did do a spit effect. <laughs> Me and Scarlett very much on the same wavelength, right there. Thank you. 
<laughs> what was the noise I made? I think it's like, McDonald had a farm. Yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. On that farm, he had a camel. Yeah, 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 with a... Uh, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, I didn't get the job. But <laughs> So you left the audition with a bit of a hump. <laughs> Thank you. Good night, everyone. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Another one for you, miss. Auditions are a leveller and it's it's so cathartic and and genuinely therapeutic for, not for me making the show, I burn up and go into an anxiety attack by the end of every record. But for, for people listening, it's quite therapeutic to know that they're yeah. not on their own. And especially when we, you know, we get messages when we've, we've put people's uh, stories on their show as they asked us to and say, do you know what? Listening to me telling it to a guest and sharing it with our listeners around the world it means that they've kind of let go of it and they go, do you know what? That's that's great. I don't know if you've caught up with the episode with Kiki DeVille uh, that came out um, as as you listen to this a few weeks ago now. There's a huge, a huge story in there about a girl who a few years ago went she was on tour with a show and she basically got like har- not harassed but it turned out to be harassed by this producer who was a record guy who saw her in this musical and said I want you to audition for my girl band first of all red flag red flag mm. red flag um because it was on Twitter's DMs Ooh. yeah it, right that's stop yeah. there stop right there anyway goes on months and months and months she couldn't ever do the audition because of availability and storms flooding the area anyway finally gets there and he's just completely wrong for it and this day just unravels and it sounds like she had the day from hell and she's told me a bit more about it uh, since then and it's just unbelievable Ainsley Harriet even makes an appearance in the story and, oh, wow. and if that sounds too random just just listen to it it's nuts right since then she sent me a message she went oh my god it, it, it actually helped calm my anxiety mm. like that knowing that you've read it to someone else and I, I was all right to want to leave and say to them i'm not right for this you don't like, i'm a 60s rocker not a dressed in lingerie and seven inch heels with eyelashes the size of dinner plates you know because that's literally a description of the band <laughs> it it's it was crazy it was crazy but i think it's it's a really wonderful thing hearing that you know the old the old mental health wise it's quite quite helpful for people to cast those stories away to us and we share them with everyone and everyone gets in touch and says do you know what you're not the only one to have had to mime a camel above a pub <laughs> on your first London audition, David. So it's all right. So yeah, you know, I'm, I, you email it in for me, David, and that'll be fine. But everyone will know it's yours now. That's the thing. I'll have to, I'll have to change it. it. I'll change one of the animals. Hey, you, you claim it. <laughs> it was a badger. Oh. <laughs> no, that was a camel noise. I know that was the camel noise. I know that was... Have you heard, I don't know whether you've seen much, there's a few sort of Facebook groups for, I don't know, UK actors. I think I'm on like a Hampshire one. There's a couple of others. Um, And there's been, I've noticed more frequently, obviously since lockdown or just this Covidian world. The the old panny. Yeah. The panny Um, D. (laughs) there's, There's a lot of women in particular saying that they've been contacted by blah 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 they've this these people have set up some sort of company on mandy um Ugh. requesting like images of them yeah wearing a short mm. skirt yeah yada yada I, I just think what a fucking time to start it's like yeah i i can't speak to being on facebook anymore but it i can only imagine it because there's people it brings out the worst in people 
Mm. And it'll be people that have no no contact with the acting world. It'll have no they're not you know, they're just dicks. Yeah. They're just horrible people who see vulnerable or vulnerability in a situation of ours it is an industry that's dead and desperate mm. for anything. Mm. And just yeah, it's it's not right, man. Like you say, it's just taken advantage of those at their most vulnerable and who are grasping at any work they could possibly get and and just seeing an email from an unknown yeah. name in their inbox like oh this could be something always um, filter your message requests team mm. that's step one to protecting yourself but hey you know that's why we pay loads of money for spotlight <laughs> <laughs> for, it, for it not to bloody work my agent went into liquidation oh, no. dissolved at the beginning of april may time so they, because I was on there as a, is it 18 to 25? Uh, like a graduate one or an early, mm. a young performer yeah. kind of yeah. one. So even though I had enough credits, I then couldn't stay on there because my agent had gone. And I was like, the loopholes are just making it ridiculous for people to sustain any sort of... Yeah. Because obviously if I signed up originally with an adult account, I could have stayed on there. But because I'd lost my agent and was on there as a young performer... Which the agent had asked me to sign up on there as. I was like, this is just shit. The wonderful theatre director, Andrew Keats, has been in contact with Spotlight over the last couple of weeks because of the, the whole timing of the renewal fees email. Mm. Oh, with yeah. some genuinely interesting and really useful suggestions as to how one can, you know, not revolutionise Spotlight as it were, but, you know, and I appreciate it's a private company and, and you know, they, they've got jobs to do and, and careers to keep going themselves. I fully appreciate that. But from working as an agent, you know, we see clients who are really struggling to get by and, and it's an integral part. It's become an integral part of, uh, you know, the industry and putting people up for work and in, in it's become a kind of monopoly on castings. Surely now is the time to look at other ways. And again, it comes down to accessibility, like we were saying with traveling all over the, the, the country. It shouldn't have to cost the earth to put yourself up for a job that you know that you can get or that mm. you could do. Some great ideas around a basic profile that was not even free, but just even like a five or a month or something, where you had one headshot, top five credits or something, no show reel or, or you know none of the like premium stuff that you would normally have so you wouldn't have like 15 things or a portfolio or links to your show reels and stuff it was just a basic this is who i am this is what i can do this is where i'm based i thought it was a great idea a really interesting idea to to have a, a, a version of it you know even for entry-level performers just to say i'm on it mm. and again you know free would be brilliant but it's a business appreciate that so even a fiver a month is, is great and also that would help people who maybe know that they can only do six months of a year or, or they allocate their own time to six months of a year to be available for things if they maybe work overseas and you know you're paying for you don't need to be on it if you're in a job for you know 12 months if someone goes on a cruise ship for nine months of the six month training you know little things like that and i thought that was a really good idea and it's just shut down a lengthy email basically saying, no, we're not going to do anything. So I'd, I would love to start conversations with Spotlight on how we can maybe make it a little more accessible. Mm. And in, even even when it comes to, uh, in the last couple of weeks, the gender identities and um, tags have changed, which is fantastic. It's you know a great step in the right direction, but yeah. it's still not enough. If you're going to make it, if you're going to make certain things, you know, open to, to tag and, and, and be representative, then do it for everything you can. Don't just do it for two mm. or three. So little little things like that are, are, are things that can just be quickly activated and quickly help. Yeah. So got ranty yeah. again, guys. Got ranty. <laughs> it's right, though, because I think for so many, it's still, well, they bring them into universities. They bring them into drama schools. Spotlight will promote themselves to the graduates, etc. But they don't make it clear. 
they well you're still encouraged even now that you it's essential you have to be on there yeah in order to have any sort of well to find any accessible work and so it immediately pigeonholes a demographic of people that can either afford it went to drama school or have built up Mm. some sort of handful of credits before they intend to apply yeah it's, it's almost like they say hey come and join our platform no we don't mean like that though anyway Anyway, we'll go on a rant about that for ages. How do you two feel about potentially getting back to auditions? My now current agent um, has been really good and supportive to everyone during this time. And I've gotten a few self-tapes through her that have been fun to do. Just because I kind of like just dressing up and doing a bit of acting at home. It's... Yeah, but they don't all have to be camels, David. I'm cold. <laughs> That's going to be my dream to play a camel in something. <laughs> I do like that, but there are times I'd, I'd rather. I do like having that connection when you audition in front of a real person. Yeah. You've got like an actual audience, as it were. Like you can do a self tape and you send it off and it goes into the ether and then you might hear back, you might not. There's that degree of nerves and how you can thrive off of yeah. that in a real yeah. life situation as well, isn't there? I mean, obviously in some scenarios, the, the bowels <laughs> don't comply with what you'd like them to, but. <laughs> For some people in some cases, but I do think there's that, I don't know, it's human interaction, mm. isn't it? And, and that yeah, build up. And, and it goes the same for the panel as well. You know, I, I, I speak from casting things in the past. I, I like self-tapes because, like I said, is that accessibility word for everybody and so many different, you know, backgrounds and, and needs. But you don't get the same thing you do in person. So there should be a person's in-person stage mm. for a recall or something. So I get I get that, you know, we can all say how good they are, but all sides need that connection Mm. at the same time i had to self-tape for something earlier on in the year and i had to tape a hymn a welsh hymn obviously being welsh that's fine it's just what i do on a friday night anyway (laughs) it took me hours and hours and hours and hours and hours because i was listening back to it i could do that better better." Mm. no no i got that word pronounced slightly wrong no i'm doing it honestly i nearly threw my phone out the bloody window so for those actors who've done even one self-tape during lockdown well mm. done. Well done. Mm. Because it is not easy. A lot of people are having to learn how to self-tape on the fly because they've obviously never had to do it before. But remember, it's all right. I've got to, I've got some kind of things that I've collected from our shows and tips and, and tricks and stuff that I'll, we'll go through in a minute. But remember, you don't have to have a pro shoot to do uh, a 15-second a self-tape of you saying the words, terms and conditions apply. You know, it's fine. <laughs> that was very good, by the way. Thank you very much. I am available. Uh, so, so very available. <laughs> everyone, everyone is. Um, you know, you don't have to make it look like a Michael Bay film. You can you can just have it positioned on a, you know, we all see those behind the scenes uh, clips of people being interviewed on the news, taping from home on Zoom for the news bulletin. And they, you know, it's stacked on top of the Friends box set, on top of three encyclopedias and an Igella cookbook. And it's just this laptop poised and you can see the dog about to jump on it all. <laughs> that's fine. If that's how you've got to make it work, then that's fine. Also, and I and I, I have known about this for ages, but there is a, there is like a teleprompter slash auto cue function on an iPad or an yeah. iPhone. If you're in pages, you can make oh. it work. So if anyone's worried about learning script for things and you're working on any kind of iOS device, there is a an auto cue function built into your ipad or your iphone so so good search that because that will change the mm. game <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> see? see see david it's not so bad being an apple whore <laughs> kindly nicknamed me <laughs> i auditioned for one of those things <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i don't think casting directors are expecting you to be 
an experienced cinematographer, editor, sound designer and all that. No, absolutely not. Just really remind yourself that that's okay. It's okay. Obviously, try and light yourself fine. You know, have the have the, the window facing you, lighting up your face if you can with a, a natural light. That's really nice. Make sure you can be heard. That's the most important thing. You can be seen clearly. You can be heard. If you're having to sing with a track, make sure that uh, somebody watching the tape can hear the track as well. That's really good. Obviously, if you have any kind of, of ability to mix it, that's great. If you have the time, that's absolutely fine. But it is okay just to prop your phone up and tape to the requirements that they ask. You know, whether that's uh, making sure you have a full body shot, you make sure you do your eye dent at the beginning, saying that, you know, I'm David McCulloch and I'm represented by this, 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 this. That's fine. Make sure you tag it and label it correctly as well. If, if a casting requires you to label it correctly, as long as you label it correctly... They can see who you are. They know who represent you if you have management and you do all the content that they need. That's going to be OK, because guess what? They can always ask you for another mm. one. They can always ask you for another one. And anyone in any semblance of, of realism at the moment is going to understand that you've rushed this through. Mm. You know, you might have had to take up a job st- stuck in shelves in a supermarket or you might have had to, you know, when when they're able to be open, jump back into your old pub job again just to keep going. Everyone understands. Mm. Everyone's on the same page. You'd be all right. I do wonder for people who have graduated since, well, like last summer. Yeah. They're clutching at straws for advice and just something to do, things to be involved with. Because yeah. everybody says, just keep doing something, anything. Just just make sure you're trying to get involved with whatever you can. I really appreciate that. And that happening is fantastic. You know, we've, we've signed obviously a lot of graduates since kind of April time. But at the very, very same time, and I mean this really sincerely, if all you have been able to bring yourself to do since March and April is sit on your sofa in your pants and play FIFA, that is 100% fine. Don't value your own success within the industry compared to other people that might have been in the show must go online or, Mm. you know, six cabarets online or set up a Twitch channel or something. Don't, just because your mates are doing it and your peers are doing it, if you don't feel like you're there yet, don't worry. Mm. And really don't don't allow yourself to, to judge yourself via other people's actions. You, if you can see that their motivation is ahead of yours, that's fine. It doesn't mean that you feel bad about yourself for not doing that or not getting involved in a project or not writing that play that you wanted to. It's, it's fine. It's a shame, isn't it? Because so, so many people say people's best lives are on the internet. What What's really good about it, they will publish. But... Some people, I'm sure, we're probably all guilty of seeing something and thinking, "God, they're <laughs> they're finding plenty mm. to do." Where, where's yeah. my opportunity? Yeah, and I think I think that's it. It's it's fine. You know, you, I said something to a client a little, a little while ago. There's lots of people doing lots of things, and there's lots of people getting opportunities that maybe one would hope that you'd might be seen for or something. But remember, everyone's out of mm. work. Think of how many people will be in work at any one time. And then the other jobs that they can't do go to other people. Everyone is available now. Mm. So, you know, there's more people fighting for work. And it's just going to be the way it's going to be for six months from now. It's already been nearly a year. But, you know, so don't don't beat yourself up about it. It's it's fine. Yeah. And don't be ashamed of taking things at your own pace. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And and like you said, Scarlett, it, all we've got is a screen at the moment. Mm-hmm. It could be for your brother. It could be for your family. It could be your best mates somewhere else in the country. All we've got is each other through these screens. But there's a whole world behind them. Do you know one of the best things I do each week is I actually turn my phone off for the weekend, like properly off. Mm. 
I've got my iPad if things come through for agent stuff. And if I hear that certain ping, I know that someone's contacting us on a weekend and, and you know, because there are still things that need to be dealt with over the weekend. But on a personal note, just switch it off because it's my yeah. time. Just because you say, if you say to someone, I'm not available, I'm busy, that busy could mean you're at work or it could mean that you're sitting watching I'm a Celebrity because bi- busy is your busy. Mm. Yeah. Busy is your time. If I want to sit on the sofa with my family and watch a Disney film, that's more important than anything yeah. because that's well-being. <laughs> that's Moana. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's always Moana with my son. It's a great film. Not to get too, you know, not to get too lockdown chatty, but at the same time, just honestly, do you? I know how much of a cliche that sounds, but don't don't apologize for doing anything that you need to do. If that's having a drink every night, have a drink every night. If that's not drinking mm. at all, then don't drink. That's great. If it's doing more baking than you normally would, please, God, no one needs any more banana bread Instagrams. <laughs> It'll be gingerbread next. Yeah, gingerbread <laughs> and mince pies. That's last orders at the bar, please. Last orders at the bar. Everyone go and check out Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. It is, it's, it's such a funny podcast. I've loved listening. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. We, we had an idea two years ago to do it. And we've been working slowly on making sure that we got it right. Mm. And when the lockdown started back in whatever when it was, we just thought we need this. And it's it, we just it's going to remind us of a really joyous time within our industry that we don't do at the moment and isn't the same at the moment and reflect on it in a really funny way. But also put our arms around each other and go, it's all right. Don't let those anxieties creep back into your life when you can go back into the auditions. And if they do, we get content for the show. So thank you very, very much. Would you like me to read you one before we go? Yeah, go for it. I can read you a very quick one. And just to give you a, a, to give everyone a little bit of a giggle. This is a really good example of how saying no is okay. Uh, and this is why I'll tell you this one. Going forward in back into the audition land, everyone's going to want to say yes. Everyone's going to want to say, I just want to get in the room again. I just want to do it again. It's all right to go, that's probably not mm. for me. As this girl wishes she did she says perhaps not the worst audition story you've heard but definitely problematic i remember my first summer out of drama school ready and rearing to go we were always told not to turn down an audition and to give everything a go maybe i took things too far my first ever commercial audition came through how exciting i was buzzing sure the audition was for reese's peanut butter cups and sure i had a nut allergy since birth but never turned down an audition right it'd be fine they'd probably just Need us to pose with the product anyway, right? And they'd always ask us if we were okay to eat the peanuts if necessary. Absolutely fine. Anyway, (laughs) I show up on the day and we're put into groups of five to audition with. The rest of my group appeared to be really well versed with the whole commercial audition thing. And as this was my first, I decided to follow their lead. In the room we go and we're each given a bag of the chocolate as a prop. Right, so it's all very free. We just want you to improvise as a group of friends, talk about the product, eat them throughout. Just make it laid back and fun. There's nothing laid back or fun about an allergic reaction, she says. But not to cause a scene, it was already too late. I'd accepted the audition, I'd shown up and I was holding the bag of chocolate in my very own hands. So off I went. Chomping through a bag of Reese's Cups through painful sorrow, I could taste the allergic reaction with every bite. Before I knew it, ten minutes had passed, half the bag was gone, and my tongue had almost doubled in size. I'd never been so excited to get out of an audition room in my life. (laughs) In hindsight, probably not my brightest move. Extremely dangerous, and needless to say, I did not get the job. 
I was okay. I guzzled my weight in water and never tried peanuts again. Oh my god! <laughs> my god! I was surprised. Would you know what I mean? If she'd have gone into proper anaphylaxis, oh my god! It doesn't bear thinking about. But yeah, I thought I'd I thought I'd uh, bring you one of my favourite stories that we've had in just to give you an example of what I deal with on a weekly basis. Who knows what's going to happen after lockdown ends? I imagine we'll just get tons more going in. Oh my god, my first one back was a disaster. <laughs> Christopher, thank you so much for coming on the show and for Pleasure, sharing guys. such wonderful words. Such a strong Jack Daniels and Coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's wisdom at the bottom. Everyone go check out Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. It's a great podcast. It's some more light entertainment in this dark and dreary world that we are living in. South East London. <laughs> <laughs> what are you two still doing here? Go on, sling your hook. Bye, Dave. Bye, Scarlett. And big thank you to Rotaries for our soundtrack and Megan Siggers for our artwork. And a massive thanks to all of you listening to us waffling on. Find us on, uh, you know, the social medias. Give us a like, a follow, a nudge, a poke, all those things. We love it. And subscribe to us because we need validation.